Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Laura, what is the shortest time that you've ever been at a job? Oh, let me think here. This was a question that's been sort of lighting up Twitter over the last 24 hours. Every once in a while, somebody has a prompt that just goes crazy. Yeah. And I've seen this one everywhere, and it just amuses me. Right. And people can text in, too, at 651-461-9226. Shortest time you've been at a job. I'm going to say about three days, and I'm so embarrassed to even tell you what that job was. I don't know if I can. Okay. I'm not going to force you. But I will. Good. I would love to hear it. Uh, I was selling vacuum cleaners. Whoa. And it was... Like a Kirby? or Yes. Yeah. And it was such a weird culture like brainwashing, sing rah-rah songs, like to get you motivated to go out and sell. And I will never forget the song, Kirby Will Shine Tonight. (laughs) And I just can't even believe I did this. I sold one Kirby vacuum cleaner to my grandparents who felt sorry for me, and I promptly quit. Oh, that's so good. My husband lasted one day at his job at Burger King, so he beat me by shortest job ever. (laughs) How about you? Uh, My shortest career was two days. (laughs) I spent two days, which, by the way, your story reminds me of the show On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Did you ever watch that show? This was a Kirsten Dunst uh, show that was basically about like uh, a multi, like a MLM type multi-level marketing scheme. Yes. It's the worst. Not that Kirby, not that I'm accusing the good people oh, of Kirby of anything. They're I'm fine just, machines. Uh, for the record, uh, WCCO Radio exactly. d- accuses no Let's one. Let's have of. a disclaimer. They're expensive. Two days working at a beer distributor. Mm. My good friend, Brian Corcoran's dad, was like a manager at this distribution facility. Where was this? Suburban Chicago. Okay. And he, uh, Brian, got to drive a forklift. That's fun. That's what I thought. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> what did you get I'm to like, do? This sounds like pretty good money. <laughs> and I show up for my first day of work, which was the Monday of Memorial Day weekend. Ugh. Memorial Day Memorial weekend Day. is the busiest weekend. Uh, so I was there the week before Memorial Day, which is the busiest week for beer delivery in suburban Chicago. Okay. Because Memorial Day weekend is the kickoff of summer. <laughs> right. Yep. So I was the number two on a beer truck. So you had a driver and I sat in the passenger seat. (laughs) And I remember seeing semi trucks with like Miller Lite on the side Mm -hmm. and thinking, wonder how they get that stuff out of the truck. Right. Like if you got cases stacked up or kegs or whatever. They're like, is there some sort of conveyor system inside oh. there? Yeah, I, it, they do have a system. It was me. Yeah. It was me. Oh, my God. And it was the most physical. Yeah. And these guys who were driving the trucks got paid 
uh, by the peace delivered. So how does that work? Well, they're trying to haul butt and work as fast as possible. I see. Because they get paid the same regardless. I was getting paid like 75 bucks a day. Wow. And, you know, you had to stack up. And I know this will surprise a lot of you, but I, even at that time, had the muscular build of a television newsman. Okay. It's not like hauling the dolly with, you know, cases of beer and you then trying to have been dying. Oh, I thought I was going to die. Oh my but I God. couldn't give up. I'm like I can't quit after one day. Like what a failure. I will go back. I yeah. will try again and after 2 days I had to quit. You I'm probably like, couldn't sorry. even move the second day. Oh, I was in pain for a week. Wow. Oh jeez. And those those drivers, it was I will say, like, the experience of doing it, it was fascinating to talk to those guys who were all college-educated. Yeah. But they couldn't quit the truck-driving job because it was so lucrative. Yeah. It was very, very lucrative. And they knew they had to work hard and make their money when they were young because of injuries. Your body can't take that as you get older. The wear and tear. It's a lot. It's crazy. You're like, you you just don't even think about that. But, like, that job was so physically challenging for those guys. And they were like... They look like Chicago tough guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Clearly, I was miscast. Oh. Like, I just wanted to drive a little, meep, meep, <laughs> drive the little pick. Come on. <laughs> Seemed really fun. Uh, you live and you learn. I'm, I'm glad I did it. But, yeah. <laughs> CNN, their New Year's Eve show. I love it. Part of the magic of Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Love them. Yes. They're... Very funny, mm-hmm. and they used to drink mm-hmm. during the show. I think last year was the first year they couldn't because somebody went a little overboard the year before, right? I think it was Don Lemon, who yeah. is no longer with CNN. Um, but I sort of liked watching Don Lemon get shined up in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Because think about it, New Year's Eve, for most of us, like, do you do anything, really? Mm-mm. We Not sometimes have... Eve. Friends over sometimes, yeah. but we usually do nothing. We stay in. We'll make a nice dinner, like a steak and shrimp kind of a nice dinner. Nice. And then I just like to watch the shows and watch the yes. ball drop if I stay awake till midnight, which is highly unlikely. I always wanted to do a show here, a local show. Yeah. And I got lots of support, except from anyone who would be on the crew. <laughs> I think you should try again. <laughs> They're like, sure, Jason, you can do a show. Uh, no one's going to come in and be in the control room. Forget it. I would. <laughs> you should try that again. Do you think they should drink on the show? Um, Because that's sort of the debate. CNN hasn't announced yet. They've announced there are a couple new folks who are going to be part of it. One I love, Sarah Seidner, who mm-hmm. is here in the Twin Cities mm. covering uh, the George Floyd oh, her, the yes, riots. Yes. And she's a wonderful like, like international correspondent. Right. She's really like a great... But her star has sort of been rising over there, which, you know, we always like it when a regular reporter becomes a star. Yep. Yep. You're like, yep, she's not out of central casting. Mm -hmm. She doesn't look like everybody else. She's normal and she's put in the work. She's good. She's good. So she'll be, uh, where is she going to be? Austin, Texas. So they're taking the Don uh, Lemon role. Got it. Anyway, do you think they should drink? I don't know. I mean... (sighs) I don't know that it adds to the broadcast, 
but I don't. I also don't think there needs to be like a big rule about it. I don't know. I, I'm I'm just kind of indifferent on this. I yeah. will say that the humor that came out of Anderson and Andy when yes. they were drinking was fun. So if they can keep it in check, I kind of think why not? Yeah, I I agree. You I know? think it's fine. Yeah, like lighten up. Right. We don't need to ban everything. Correct. Do you want to hear some of the text from people on their short jobs? Yes. One day at a hide tanning factory Ooh. in Newport. Yeah. Uh, two hours in a meat packing plant. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. That takes a certain type. Six hours. Uh, like a <laughs> some kind of contract support position in the medical industry. Mm. I wanted uh, to like the job, but by noon, I knew I couldn't do it. Don't so, go back. Right. So she was talking to the VP who hired her, and she said she was honest that she couldn't do the job. She said he got ticked and marched her straight out the door. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it probably okay. w- worked out the best for everybody. Yes. One day, corn detasseling. Oh, yeah. Four hours at Kohl's as an employee. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Doing retail? I wonder what the job was. Four hours. That's short. <laughs> Cook, did you ever have a very short run at a gig? <laughs> sort of. And? Uh, so, well, I mean, the shortest actual paid position was probably just six months, and it was my first commercial radio job, but it was at a uh, station group that contained a country music station, which is the literally the only genre of music I don't listen to, uh, so I wasn't terribly good at that job, and yep. the AM station was just board hopping pre-recorded satellite shows. I only lasted there about six months before I found a different job and quickly exited. But the shortest stint I ever did in any kind of working type situation was exactly zero days uh, because I was supposed to do some chaplaincy work for seminary at uh, the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office. And I got so far as to get an ID Hmm. with my picture on it. And like the next week it was COVID. And they shut everything down. Dang. And so that's a volunteerish position, so they wouldn't let me come. They wouldn't, literally wouldn't let me into the building. Yeah. You I, should try I, that again. I still have the ID, though, <laughs> in all my free time. Yeah. Yes. I, I probably should. Uh, Laura, before you go, I was, I was mentioned in the Star Tribune today. I didn't see that. What about? So uh, it was a story about a couple of guys who have really built up some big TikTok audience mm-hmm. by asking a, a fairly simple a simple question. These guys. When did this happen? So I was in this TikTok a month ago, maybe. Okay. It's their company is called Tavolo. Yeah. And the Star Tribune uh, writing about how this company, which is really designed to sell marketing solutions to restaurants, mm. has found viral fame with these sort of stopping people on the street. Some yeah. are setups, obviously. Like that's a you know. Years was a they setup. didn't just run into me right. on the street. Okay, uh, but some I know a shocking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but some are random people. They stop in the street. What's your favorite restaurant? Yep. You answer and then you go. It's so simple. That's cool. But very popular in other countries. And they're in inst- other countries, bigger cities. Tavolo's Instagram went from under a thousand to more than twenty five thousand followers. Their TikTok has eleven thousand followers, but millions of video views. Mm. Um, but most importantly, 
for them is that their company's revenue growth is up 1,200%. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, so they sell – they have like AI – sort of custom software that helps edit. You know, if you're running a restaurant, you don't know how to, like, Mm-mm. edit video and post to Instagram and you blah, 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 blah. that stuff, yes. And so they've figured out a way to try to do it with technology. That's pretty cool. Yeah, fun story. I mean, they clearly were scraping the bottom of the barrel when they asked me what my favorite restaurant was. What do I know? <sighs> that video, though, Laura, was remember when I talked about having a, a piece of toilet paper on my neck? Yes, I remember that. You cut yourself shaving, and they didn't tell you. That was them. Yeah. They're better with detail when it comes to the technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> Laura, thank you. More D-Rush Hour news headlines coming up, including the top county for electric vehicles in Minnesota. What do you think it is? Teenagers fighting obesity. So why aren't doctors prescribing weight loss drugs? Plus the Bronnie James shout out to a Minnesota spot coming up on CCO. The D-Rush Hour news headlines on 12-12 begins with some breaking news that Gophers baseball coach John Anderson is retiring at the end of the 2024 baseball season. Just announced that from the University of Minnesota on their website. They say that John was the longest tenured head coach at the University of Minnesota, 43 seasons head coaching. Holy moly. 45 years at the U, starting in 1979. His greatest season, Minnesota went 44-15, and 15, won the regular season, won the Big Ten tournament, made it to the Super Regionals, but fell to the number one seed, Oregon State. Uh, had a rough season last year with the Gophers. 18-34. Uh, and 34. They struggled in recent years, but... Eight-time Big Ten Coach of the Year. What a run. Uh, And what a guy, John Anderson. Uh, One more season to enjoy him at the U Baseball Program. Other D-Rush Hour news headlines. Let's talk about teenagers fighting obesity and doctors not quite ready to prescribe weight loss drugs. This very interesting story in the New York Times today. Uh, looking at, you know, all of these medical weight loss drugs like Wegovy, but they talk with a doctor in Rochester, New York, who's seeing hundreds of children with obesity over the years in his medical practice, but he is not prescribing weight loss drugs, nor are other most pediatricians. Regulators and medical groups are saying these drugs are appropriate for children as young as 12, but the Times reports that pediatricians tend to be among the most hesitant uh, doctors to prescribe new drugs. Uh, there's little known about long-term effects and we've had past cases of weight loss drugs that have had problems that emerge years later, 22% of adolescents. So we're talking 12 to 19 year olds have obesity and we're not just talking overweight. We're talking in some cases, just huge, uh, dangerous obesity for some young people. It'll be interesting to see if we get more weight loss, uh, drug research, So doctors can start prescribing them if they make sense. Top county in Minnesota for the use of electric vehicles. Carver County. I don't know if that would have been my guess. Carver County. And this is when you look at miles driven per 1,000 residents in an EV. 
Uh, it's Axios and Axios Twin Cities writing about this today. Uh, no surprise, we are behind electro- electric vehicle hotspots across the country. California, Pacific Northwest, the Northeast and the Southeast, the corners of the U.S. are the biggest EV users. Uh, Minnesota as a state has a goal for EVs to make up 20% of vehicles on the road by 2030, seven years. Uh, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Sales have been very slow for everybody but Tesla. Cold weather concerns, questions about charging infrastructure, all part of the questions in this state. Uh, and availability, frankly. I mean, because most of the action is in the corners, it's not like the manufacturers are sending a bunch of cars out to us. Carver County on top of the list, 353 miles of EV per thousand residents. Washington County next, then Hennepin County on the list. Bronnie James, LeBron's son, gives a shout out to Mayo Clinic. Yeah, what a what a story that he was able to get back and play. This was from Saturday, the Rochester Post Bulletin flagging these comments. Uh, Blois Olson's morning take flagging it as well. Uh, Bronny's 19, USC freshman, played in his first game after having that cardiac arrest on July 24th. He was doing a workout at USC. He is the oldest of LeBron James's three children, and so they took him to Mayo, and he got heart care this fall. LeBron was down there for a week in Rochester. And then uh, in the middle of September, LeBron goes to uh, Lord's High School, which uh, he was like working up. So the coach at the high school opened up the weight room in the gym every day, no matter what time, to LeBron, uh, which like, how do you not? (laughs) But pretty cool. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, there and nice to have the shout out. We're all cheering for for Bronny and what a recovery there. Five thirty one. That is the D Rush Hour news headlines. We're going to take a break and talk to Paul Mercurio. He is a big time comedian. Has been seen on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He's been on Letterman. Uh, he's coming to the Twin Cities this weekend. He'll join us in just a minute here on Drive Time. It is the time of year where many of us are getting ready to think about what we want to do when the new year comes around. Why wait? Why wait? Today can be the start of a new you, the start of a new year. Tis the season. It's the season to believe. It's the season to give yourself a gift. And I want you to give yourself the gift of good health. It's Jason for Livia Weight Control Centers. Do it today. Get your first eight weeks free. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. <laughs> Paul Mercurio is an Emmy and Peabody Award winning comedian. He works on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, appears on that show regularly. He has a podcast because he is a white man and he joins us on the John. <laughs> Sh- it's required on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Paul, it's good to have you with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And you're right. It is required. It is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I left I left a a long career in TV news because just I looked in the mirror and I'm like, well, I guess I need a podcast. So we better get better get out of it. 
<laughs> That's where the money is. <laughs> That's what, absolutely. Paul is going to be in town at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy at Mall of America. Friday, two shows Friday night, two shows Saturday night. Uh, you know, nothing like coming to Minnesota in the winter, Paul. I think this is perfect scheduling for you. I, I uh, listen. I play hell in the summer. I know where to go, baby. Yes. I got my uh, I got my priorities right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always have a great time there. I've been coming there for a while, and people are really great and come out. So it's it's a good it's a good town, good place to play comedy. So I'm excited to be coming back. It's going to be fun. Now I know you uh, and your wife live in New York, and you have a kid. And my my mm. oldest. Uh, is now in New York, a student at NYU. So mm. what what do I need to know about, like, I mean, for you raising a kid in NYC, I, ju- I just dropped a kid off in NYC. I, I have my concerns. Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it, 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 listen, uh, you know, the, the city's, uh, there's, there's never a dull moment in the city. Even, like, even during COVID, it was, cre- like, it was so creepy and quiet here that it was like, oh, my God. And it got so quiet that it became uncomfortable to the point where the noise told you that things were normal and I needed to be normal, but feel normal. So I started in the middle. I would just get up at six in the morning and start jackhammering randomly around the city <laughs> just so I could feel. Oh, good. Everything's normal. Again. <laughs> uh, but it's but there's never a dull moment in the city. Oh, look, I think it's a great for a college kid. It's great. He's going to figure it out. But and he can call me. You can give him my number. Uh, I can bail him out of jail. Don't worry about it. I'll cover it. I'll cover the bail. Um, no, I mean, so for as long as you'll um, take the kid out to dinner, Paul, like Seth has met with so many like friend of friends, because all you have to tell a college kid is like, well, they'll buy you dinner. Hey, listen, there's a right next to the late show studios, the Edelman theater. There's a 99 cent pizza slice place. I'll take them there. Anything you want. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, so you, you, you live here and you'll never be surprised. You'll always be surprised and and never get jaded. So I'm walking through the city, just leaving the the, the studio one night and it's garbage night. So there's lots of piles of garbage out, you know, so it's day night for Tuesday night or where it was. And I see a rat running across the street and I look more closely and it's a rat with a whole green apple in its mouth. Right <laughs> now, normally it, when I, you'd go like, Ugh, but you become like jaded a little bit. And I just went, good for him. He's eating healthy. Like yeah, that's all right. I could think. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, he's working out. He had his little Lululemon pants on. Yeah. And, um, right. Yeah. And I yelled like, go rat. But he didn't hear me because he had his little rat earbuds in. So, you know, it's always, it's always an adventure. <laughs> Paul, and, uh, Paul Mercurio is with us. He's going to be in the Twin Cities. Two shows coming up uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, at just a great comedy club at Mall of America. So you can get tickets uh, for that if you want to check out Paul this weekend. Uh, oh, and uh, where are those tickets, Paul? Where, uh, it's at MOA, like Mall of America, dot House of Comedy dot net so you can get those tickets there you go. i get i yep. did it i and, did uh, it it was close there I, I, but it. i can't i came just, through if you guys just google the thing on the interweb and nah, that's out. right but, uh, it's it's that but, easy but, but when you, it, well, so when you take your kid to college like that that's a moment right like i've had these moments with my son he's almost college where you go wow and you reflect back like remember the first time i remember the first time the kid started walking he was like 13 months old it's like so clear in my mind and I can just see it today to this moment, like, cause like he'd, he'd walk 10 feet and then he'd sit and he'd walk 10 feet and he'd sit and he'd walk 10 feet and he'd sit. And I realized, uh, he's going to be a security guard. 
this is going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but it's a great city for a kid to be in. It it was a strange moment, Paul, when we dropped Seth off at NYU, we met, he had a total of two roommates, two roommates in Seth. Mm -hmm. So three of these guys in a room and we're there with another set of parents. And then Seth and his roommate say, uh, we got to get out of here because our, our third roommate is moving in. And we're like, oh, does he want, like, a like? aren't you guys going to meet him? You haven't met this guy yet. Like, does he want a private moment or what? And they were like, well, we can't, like, I just we just have to get out of here. And we're like, okay. And then we, we leave, and they say, he's bringing a girl back to the room. I'm like, bringing a girl back to the room? There aren't even sheets on the bed. He hasn't even moved in. I was gonna say, are you living with George Clooney? Like, what is that all about? <laughs> These NYU kids, like, I don't know. I went to a, uh, I went to a small school in Milwaukee, Marquette University, mm-hmm. fine Jesuit mm-hmm. school. At a Catholic school, mm-hmm. none of that nonsense is going on. That's for sure. No, I listen. We're fellow Jesuits. I went to Providence College. Oh. Yeah. Here we go, Friars, Marquette. We play a lot of basketball, and then I went to Georgetown Law School. So I'm uh, and I'm the least Catholic person you'll ever meet. So I don't know how the heck I ended up in those places. But, how how but, much uh, of a disappointment were you to your parents going to Georgetown Law School <laughs> and then and then becoming a comedian? You know what I like about your interview style? You're subtle. That's what I like about you. You kind of you like weave in your mastery of questions. Uh, yeah, it was uh, my parents are high school educated. My grandparents are from Italy, so I had kind of made it. And then I just was like, oh, I started writing comedy and getting into this comedy thing. And I don't know where it came from. And I'm at this point doing M&A deals on Wall Street. And I had amassed like like 12 pages of jokes in a secret passworded file at work. And I at, at the law firm. And one night I got invited. The, the firm got invited to an event, and George, Jay Leno was a private entertainment. And I went up to him afterwards, and I had all these jokes. I printed out, and I go, oh, "Excuse me, uh, I don't know if you need jokes, but I got these jokes, and I'm never going to use them. And I'm a lawyer, and you can have them." He's like, "Okay." <laughs> he he, re- I, he does talk like they're letting helium out of a balloon very slowly. He's like, <laughs> when you talk to him, you just want to go like, "Breathe, just breathe a little bit." So. This is all true, by the way. Two days later, my phone rings, and this is the person on the other end. It's Jay Leno was calling there. Now, I think there is no way right. Jay Leno was calling me, right? And I got a friend, David, who likes to pull pranks, and he knew that I met Jay Leno. So I thought it was David pulling a prank. And I go, yeah, really funny. He goes, not really, it's Jay Leno. I go, David, I'm in the middle of a deal. I've been up all night. I can't. Not really, it's Jay Leno. I go, stop. He goes, it's Jay Leno. And then I actually said to Jay Leno, you do a lousy Jay Leno. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, I think I do a pretty good me. I'm like, oh, my God. And so he said, I'll pay you 50 bucks a joke if I use it on the Tonight Show. And uh, and then he goes, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm a lawyer. He goes, I knew it. He started making fun of me. I go, why? He goes, you write like a lawyer. He goes, you're writing a joke, not the Magna Carta. Get to the punchline already, will you? <laughs> and then the following week, he did one of my jokes on the Tonight Show. No Called me for me to do it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy. So middle class Italian kid from Rhode Island, New England, M&A deals on Wall Street. And this silly $50 joke had this sway, this power over me. It was crazy. And then and, you know, people always say to me, like, you know, did you know you were going to do comedy? 
I'm like, no, you don't go to law school with the plan to go to, to comedy. <laughs> right. right? right. Yeah, that's my path, right? And then you're like, were you funny? And I'm like, well, I was always the funniest lawyer in my law firm, which, you know, it's not, it's like saying you're the sexiest IT guy. It's really saying much, right? <laughs> it's not the biggest compliment. Then, no, no. Yeah, for sure. exactly. And then they're like, and then, and I was doing the kind of law, like, you know, you do M&A deals, you're putting companies together and then you're getting rid of redundancies, right? Meaning you're letting people get laid off and that you're considered like the worst kind of lawyer because of that. One guy, one guy said to me one night, he goes, oh, you do M&A law? He goes, you guys are evil. You kill kittens. I'm like, nah, we would outsource that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But that's how it started. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, it was it's so good. Out. Yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul Mercurio is going to be in town. Friday night at 7.30 and 9.45, Saturday at 7 and 9.30. Uh, you can get tickets to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy at Mall of America at moa.houseofcomedy.net. Paul, thank you for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it. Hey, listen, yeah, tell your son, uh, in all seriousness, if he uh, wants to come to a late show taping, I'll get him tickets. Oh, right? wow, that, that will have strong appeal. I will tell him not to invite, yeah. not to invite that third roommate. But otherwise, <laughs> yes, he could bring his third roommate with his girlfriend, and they can all <laughs> sit in the same seat together, and they can make out during the show. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Real good, Paul. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much. Great to be on. Appreciate right. it. Check about on Friday and Saturday at the House of Comedy. Very fun. Five forty-eight. Back in just a minute here on CCO. You know, I just want to revisit in our final couple moments uh, the news that has emerged today about really one of the people that I think is the biggest impact on the way we eat in the Twin Cities. Uh, John Ramarsic. John Ramarsic was a real estate investor who in 1964 bought a pub that is a pub that you've heard of. You've probably been there. I was there Friday. The Monte Carlo. Legendary wings. Beautiful bar. Historic room. His restaurants. You got the Monte Carlo. You got Runyon. In 1974, he buys the Convention Grill in Edina, uh, the St. Anthony, Maine Theaters, Procnon, Maine. Uh, if you went to the U of M, you went to Annie's Parlor or the Kitty Cat Club. Those were his. The North Loop was not a thing when John was laying uh, the groundwork for that neighborhood to become what it is today. When I interviewed him in 2018, he told me about the chicken wings. You know, they're legendary for the wings. In 1964, uh, poultry houses didn't know what to do with wings. Nobody wanted them. So the wings were free. Runyon's, so Runyon's Bar has like a wet barbecue sauce. Uh, Monte Carlo is the dry rub. But John would get the wings for free. <laughs> now, you look today, wings are one of the most expensive cuts of, kitchen, uh, of chicken because people love uh, chicken wings so much. Consider this. Like today, 
today restaurants are such a part of the way we uh, entertain ourselves that WCCO Radio lets me do two segments a week talking about it. In 1964, there were 70 restaurants in the Twin Cities. 70. Now there are more than 7,000 food licenses in the Twin Cities. Uh, It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. John made his uh, money buying property and renting it. He is a developer. And I think developers often get villainized, right? Because we have this image of like this big bucks, big money person just trying to screw you out of your rent. But the reality is like some of these developers are laying the groundwork for what we will be in 60 years from now. Much like John, uh, you know, did he see what the North Loop would become? I don't think so. Did he care about the city? And having it grow and having it succeed, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he'll be missed. He will be missed. His, he has three sons. He leaves behind his wife. Uh, and I'm told that those kids want to keep the business going. Uh, so I sure hope so. Convention Grill, we've all missed that. That hasn't reopened since COVID. Uh, John Ramarczyk, John Ramarczyk, uh, we thank you. Uh, dead today at 84. Henry's coming up next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 